Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois. And this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. But I'd also like to wish all of you a blessed new year as you begin a new year. We're going to look back a little bit on the previous year in terms of the progress that has been made, if any, in ecumenism, especially between the two lungs of the church, East and West, more specifically between the Roman Catholic Church and the Orthodox churches. Then we're going to look forward to what this coming year might bring in that regard. And we have a special guest to help lead us through that meditation that those little bit of insight and hopefully some prophetic vision. And this is a special guest here we have today. His name is Father Yaroslav Lychik. Now, he is a priest, of course, because his name is Father Yaroslav. However, some of you, if you've listened to this program for a long time, you might remember him 10 years ago when he was just a young seminarian. He was in our program. At that time, he was just learning English. Yes. <laughs> he's gotten much better at it. So he's back with us now, 10 years later, as Father Yaroslav Lychek, and he just completed his doctorate in canon law, the canon law of the church, and he lives in Rome, works in Rome, so he has his finger on a lot of things that are happening in the church, especially in the area of ecumenism. So welcome, Father Yaroslav, to Light of the East. Slava Jesus Christus. Slava Naviki. Thank you so much. Father Yaroslav, you are living in Rome, working in Rome, and because of that, you have a great sense of what is happening in the church. And in particular, our topic today is ecumenism. As we look at this new year, we're going to look back and ask ourselves, well, okay, what has happened? What has been the signs of progress between East and West, specifically the Orthodox Church and the Catholic Church? Because the mission of this program, Light of the East, is ultimately unity in the church. That's why we're here uh, trying to share with the world the riches of the church, especially the eastern lung of the church. So, first of all, how is the church going in Slovakia, where you're from? Father Yaroslav is from Slovakia. How is the church going there, it's especially the other countries of Central and Eastern Europe? Because those are the nations that came out from underneath a great suppression of the church at the hands of the communists. 
Now the church is free and recently freed. It started in really the 1990s. So a lot has happened. So first tell us, Father Yaroslav, how is the church, uh, East and West, particularly Eastern churches, doing in the areas of Eastern Europe, Central Europe? Where are you from? Slovakia, uh, Ukraine, Hungary. Okay. First of all, thank you so much for inviting me <laughs> to your radio program, Light of the East. Yeah, let's go back to, to your question about the situation in, in Slovakia. Uh, in, so the Greek Catholic Church in Slovakia has a very good presence, especially through the media. Mm. We have, I think, two times a week the liturgies and the radio and a Catholic, oh, yes, oh. yes mm. and a Catholic radio Lumen, calls oh, Lumen uh -huh. in Slovakia. Then many many times uh, through the year we have the liturgies and the TV and the national TV programs. So. Our presence there is uh, is a pretty good, and I I would say that it's very important, you know, mm. even for the ecumenism, even for the you know relationships mm -hmm. to the other churches to show us yes. that we are that uh, our church is still alive. Yes, it's growing up actually, not yeah. only you know, and especially after the communism time, that mm -hmm. the churches are still full. Yes. We have enough vocations to the priesthood. So I think that's very important, you know, for the people to know that we exist, mm -hmm. that we are, and that's actually the point where we can start even with ecumenism. Mm -hmm. Father so, Yaroslav, in, in Slovakia, are there as many Greek Catholic or Eastern Catholic churches as Latin Rite churches, more or less, or what? The Latin Rite church, we have to say, is the biggest church mm -hmm. in Slovakia. So they are about like about two, three millions. Mm -hmm. And uh, in a comparison with the Greek Catholics, we are about 300,000. Mm -hmm. So it's a, you can see the big difference there. Yes. But even in comparison, then if we want, now we are talking about the ecumenism with the Orthodox, mm -hmm. they are about 50,000 people. So, you know, oh, it's like mm -hmm. a pretty big difference yes. between the, you know, the... Between the East and the Western exactly, churches. Exactly, exactly. But the ratio is actually uh, smaller. Like, like for instance, in America, the ratio of the difference is bigger in America. Yes, you know? exactly. So, yeah. so in the Slovakia, although it's it, there's a difference, it's not as big there. So you're, you're probably more, more well-known then. As you mentioned, you've made progress in media, which is a wonderful thing. Because it's, we you have yeah. to to get known, uh, you know, the Eastern Catholic churches always have the challenge of having to become known, uh, because so few people are aware of who we are. Uh, unfortunately, exactly. That's the that's the big, biggest problem. Even you know, the the biggest problem is to to have a fear to mm -hmm. know the others. You know, yes, <laughs> and that's why even in this field, it's very important to to be present mm -hmm. to show each other, mm -hmm. you know, that we are, that we are helpful, mm -hmm. that we are part and members of the universal church, universal yes. Catholic church, so that we really have uh, many, many things to offer yes. to the universal church, like well, even for the ecumenism, mm -hmm. I would say. Well, Father Yaroslav, many times in in the issue, the, the discussion of ecumenism, there's a question of, of the significance of the Eastern Catholic churches. Why are we significant? Why, why are you happy, proud to be an Eastern Catholic? What, what is their significance? Yeah, first of all, if we look at the tradition, at the history, all the Eastern Catholic churches start by the union, mm -hmm. really, with the Catholic Church, 
because of the circumstances, because mm-hmm. of the problems mm-hmm. in the special areas, like in the old country, mm-hmm. you would say in the Mukachevo, for example, in the our mother church. Mm-hmm. How was it in 1646? You know, the problems. Why the actually the Orthodox, the Eastern Christians mm-hmm. wanted to make a unity and mm-hmm. union with the Church of Rome. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that was um, always very important to look at the history because, you know, if you look at the differences between us and the Orthodox Church in the Byzantine Rite, mm-hmm. they are not differences, you know, yes. <laughs> only the juridically that we are under the Pope of Rome, right? Yes. So, and I can, it is very helpful for these small churches, you know, around to have a head mm-hmm. that it's, you know, the covering us. Mm-hmm. In uh, in some way, you know, to be like under the Pope or represent the Universal Church, mm-hmm. and on the other side, we have a lot of things that we can offer for the Universal mm-hmm. Church, for the Latin Church, especially in our tradition, you know, as a in a Byzantine tradition. So, yeah, so right. what you're saying that the Eastern Catholic Church is part of the value of the Eastern Catholic Churches is that they can witness the fact we can be an Eastern expression of the Church and still be in union with the Pope of Rome. Of course. And that is a, it's a challenge for our church to exactly. be able to witness to that faithfully because the Orthodox look at us and they wonder, well, can this possibly you be? Know, our you problem, know? if I can add it, mm-hmm. is that we, that we are weak to show us, yes. you know, enough yes. to the mm-hmm. world. Because even to the Catholic Church, the Latin Church, they do not know us yes. too much, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's, this is the challenge for us to show us, mm-hmm. to offer all the things that we have, the tradition, the singing, the icons, everything what we really have, the spirituality, the liturgy, yes. divine liturgy. I mean, it's like, you know, it's the beautiful theater. Yes. At least. <laughs> yes. If nothing else, at <laughs> yes. least like as a theater, you know, many, many things that we can offer, especially in a spirituality mm-hmm. for the Universal Church. And I, I think this is the challenge for us. For the benefit of our, of our listeners, I just want to clarify something, especially if you've just joined us, you're hearing us for the first time, as some of you may be. When we talk about the Eastern Catholic churches and the Orthodox, the Latin Rite churches, here's basically what we're talking about. There was one church, but with two complementary perspectives, being East and West. What happened was, as a church spread throughout the world, if it went to an Eastern culture, culture, in other words, in, in the Eastern part of the world, if the church spread to a culture in the Eastern Hemisphere, for instance, it took on the character of that culture. If it went to a country in the Western Hemisphere, it took on the character of the Western country. So basically, the church, the one church, one pope, one faith, developed different kinds of expressions of that one same faith that basically developed along two complementary lines, which we call East and West. It's something like a marriage. Think of man and woman in a marriage. They become one in marriage, yet they always remain man and woman. They remain distinct individuals, male and female, complementary, yet one in marriage. Well, think of it then that this marriage was going along for about a thousand years, relatively happy marriage, and then there was a great divorce, a schism. It happened in the year 1054 AD. The eastern part of the church, which we refer to as the eastern lung of the church from John Paul II's words, the eastern lung of the church called itself the Orthodox churches, and the western part of the church called itself the Roman Catholic Church because it was centered in Rome. Most people are familiar with the Roman Catholic Church, and they identify that as the Catholic Church. 
However, what happened, we're going to fast forward now about 500 years. In starting about the 15th and 16th centuries, parts of the Orthodox churches, you know, the, the Eastern lung of the church, reunited with Rome, just parts of them. And these churches that reunited with Rome, the way it was before the divorce, the schism, are what we call the Eastern Catholic churches. And that's what Father Yaroslav is and I am. We are members of an Eastern Catholic church. To be specific, we are part of the Byzantine Catholic Church or the Ruthenian jurisdiction. So basically, you know, it sounds a little complicated, but to make 2,000 years of history hopefully somewhat simple, it's a marriage that incurred a divorce. But parts of the East reunited with Rome and Rome with them. And so we have Eastern Catholic churches, Orthodox churches, and Roman Catholic churches. So the Eastern Catholic churches are part of the Catholic Church. They're the Eastern churches in complete union with the Pope of Rome. So when we use these terms, hopefully that clarifies. I know it's a little bit of a complex history, but hopefully that clarifies it. Just think in terms of Eastern Orthodox, Eastern Catholic, and the Latin Rite, or the Roman Catholic. So this is what we mean by the church breathing with both lungs, east and west. When we come back, we're going to talk more with our special guest, Father Jaroslav Lajcik, who is from Rome, but originally from Slovakia, <laughs> about ecumenism. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Welcome to a St. Nicholas Minute. When did St. Nicholas begin delivering gifts on Christmas Eve? Well, sadly, by the end of the 18th century and the first part of the 19th century, people more and more forgot why we celebrate Christmas. So one day some folks invited me to deliver gifts on Christmas Eve instead of St. Nicholas Eve in early December. You can imagine my joy, the birthday of Jesus, what an honor! But it was then that they took away my bishop's vestments and dressed me like an elf. Talk about an extreme makeover! That's why on Christmas Eve of 1822, Dr. Clement Moore wrote down what he saw. He said he saw a little old driver so lively and quick I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. Why, you ask, did he have doubts in his mind whether it was St. Nicholas or not? Well, he knew I was a bishop. He was shocked to see me dressed like an elf. But no matter how I'm dressed, my spirit is still the same. I'm filled with the joy that flows from the Christmas proclamation, Christ is born, glorify him. (laughs) You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. It's no secret that Father Loya and other speakers from the Tabor Life Institute are available to speak at your parish or group on marriage and family topics seen through the lens of St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Other topics include Eastern Christian spirituality and the significance of art in the church. The Tabor Life Institute can arrange for marriage encounters, parish missions, and can help your parish facilitate teen faith formation in either English or Spanish. For Father Loya and other speakers, contact the Tabor Life Institute by writing to taborlife at earthlink.net. That's Tabor spelled T-A-B-O-R, life, at earthlink.net.
Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host, and I'm here with our honored guest, an old friend of ours, although he's a young man, <laughs> Father Yaroslav Lajcik, who is in Rome now, uh, but he's originally from Slovakia. We're talking about progress in ecumenism, where it's been and where hopefully it will go as we look at this new year. Ecumenism, of course, specifically we mean reunion between the two lungs of the church, east and west, that meaning the Orthodox churches and the Roman Catholic Church, and what the Eastern Catholic <coughs> churches have to do in that process. So, Father Yaroslav, tell us about what has happened universally in the church in ecumenism in the recent years. Where has there been progress? Okay, I would like to add uh, one thing what you just uh, said in the first session about mm-hmm. uh, you know, the division between the Eastern churches, Orthodox churches, Eastern Catholic churches, and uh, one of the biggest, mm-hmm. the Catholic Church of uh, Latin Rite. In the uh, Catholic Church, we have 22 Eastern Catholic churches. Yes. They are very important, right? Yes. In the, they are, yeah, we used to call them the churches to Uris, right? And I mean, that is very important and significant because we are not like the small communities, right? Mm-hmm. 22 other churches. Yes. Together with the biggest Latin church, mm-hmm. 23, right? Yes. And they actually, we make together the Catholic church for ecumenism. Now we are in the beginning on the year 2016 and we are all waiting on the decision of the, you might know that uh, in Istanbul, especially this year, it will be uh, convocated a pan-Orthodox synod for mm. all the Eastern Orthodox churches in the world. A uh, synod for all the Orthodox churches. They're all going to come together. Exactly, Whoa. exactly. They will be convocated to Istanbul, mm-hmm. convocated by uh, by uh, Patriarch Bartholomew. I mean, if we think about that, more than uh, 1,000 years, we didn't have such synod. This is the big yes. success, I think, even for the Orthodox Church for, in for general, thou- right? Thou- for the last thousand years, they have not gotten no, together. Not in the such synod mm-hmm. as they are organizing now. So one of the most important organizers is the, one of the famous uh, theologians of the Orthodoxy, Metropolitan uh, Zizoulas, Ioannis mm-hmm. Zizoulas, who is actually in charge mm-hmm. to organize, you know, the topics of the Synod. And one of the most important topics it will be to discuss about the relationships between the Orthodoxy and the Catholic Church. Mm. We're probably one of the <laughs> questions. It will be even the question about the Eastern Catholic Churches. Yes. Right? <laughs> we all know the document of Balamam, yes. uh, written in 1993. Mm-hmm. It was said that the Eastern Catholic churches are the, the main problem mm-hmm. for the ecumenism, for the unity yes. of these two lungs, right, of the universal church, East and West. So let's see how it will be then in, uh, and uh, at the end of this year, if they really will make the very important decision even on this field regarding the ecumenism. Mm-hmm. What are some of the main issues that divide the Orthodox Church from the Catholic Church? Now, you mentioned, of course, the Eastern Catholic Churches themselves. That's an issue that divides. We have but to say else? that uh, Orthodox Churches themselves, 
they have uh, a lot of troubles and problems with between uh, you know between each other mm-hmm. so they have to explain they have to you know to to find a way how to deal with the problems between them you know was the uh, canonically territory and you know mm-hmm. uh, in the regarding the canonic territorium mm-hmm. about the territories who oh, yes, yeah. who and where can uh, you know have the Jurisdiction, jurisdiction, right? Yes. Uh-huh. This is the one of the most important, I think, issues for the orthodoxy in you know, generally mm-hmm. that they have to deal with it in during the synod. So, Metropolitan Ioannis Usulas, in one interview, he said that it will not be as the Second Vatican Council. Oh, uh-huh. They will not change the dogmatic or, or, or dogma in, in the churches, mm-hmm. but more, you know, to find the way have to go continue to go you know closer to each other mm-hmm. first of all between all the orthodox churches mm-hmm. and then of course even in on uh, a field of ecumenism mm-hmm. with the catholic church and all the other churches as well one of the issues that always seems to come up nowadays in ecumenism between east and west is the the jurisdiction of the Pope himself. The Orthodox have a problem with that. Exactly, the primacy. <laughs> yes, the primacy. <laughs> they understand the papacy differently. Uh, something like first among equals. Exactly. Right? But not Primus the... inter pares in yes. a Latin Latin expression. <laughs> yes, but that he would not have necessary jurisdiction over the other patriarchs. In the East, for those of you listening, in the East, there is a more of what we call a local ecclesiology where a complete church is considered complete with its patriarch, priest, bishops, laity. If they're in union or communion with another church, it doesn't determine the validity of their church. The validity of the Eastern churches is not determined upon whether they are in communion with the Pope of Rome either. In other words, they have an idea of ecclesiology that it's little more, as I mentioned, local, where it's not where the Pope is supreme and he basically has jurisdiction over everybody. Each patriarch has jurisdiction over their own particular church. They would see the pope as significant, more like a first among equals, but not as the one who is the sort of the top dog, who has jurisdiction over all the other patriarchs. And this is one of the big issues in ecclesiology that comes up in these ecumenical discussions. Also, Father Yaroslav, there's some questions regarding approaches and understanding of marriage, isn't there? Marriage and divorce and so on, isn't there? Oh, between? exactly, exactly between the Orthodox and the Roman Catholics. So, Father Yaroslav, what else has been done? What else can we do? What can we look forward to to bring about ecumenism between East and West, or greater progress in ecumenism? <laughs> yeah, the very important thing, you know, it is a true that the theologians split us, split the churches, so they, the theologians, they have to put us together, how it was in the beginning. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's like, you know, like a bypass. Mm-hmm. So the one thing is that we can't, Forget the theologians, mm-hmm. the famous thing that the, maybe you remember that Patriarch Athenagoras to the Pope uh, Paul VI, that we should put all the theologians on one island, <laughs> they should fight there and let us live together. Yeah. The same thing was repeated by the Pope Francis, Francis yeah. I think the three months or four months ago, but not in this way, because it is very important the theologically way, but in the other way, it is important even to go further in ecumenism, closer to each other, 
on the you know normal way in the normal life like the people do mm-hmm. yes you know this uh-huh. is very important you know because and this thing i think it was uh, made enough so the people they don't have more the problems yes. to you know to yes. come together even to pray together yes. i lived three years at rusicum in rome which is the you know a russian college and together mm-hmm. with orthodox guys for the orthodox yes. seminarians and the priests yeah so it is possible you know the thing that was maybe in the beginning that you know they were a little bit scared or we are a little bit in the relationships to them yes. but you have to live with the people yes. to talk to them a dialogue is very important yes. so dialogue, yes. normal daily dialogue mm-hmm. in the people and then of course even the as a bypass as the second way mm-hmm. this theologian they they have to yes. you know the, find the way how to come and how yes. to put the the church together yeah. you know probably always love many times here in america whenever we do things together in any way between the orthodox and the eastern catholics the people will say not the theologians but the people exactly. will say well why are we apart why are this we is, apart this is the best thing you know yes and i think this is very important to see it that the people are already yes. a little bit one step further yes. yeah, exactly. than, yes, than the are. church and then the theologians are right yes but uh, this is actually your your my wish yes. really, that, that we will come to this well father Yaroslav, we appreciate having you on our program today and so glad you're here in america and we're willing to stop by your studios here at light yeah. of the east <laughs> <laughs> we hope to stay in touch with you and have you on again so once again thank you for being part of us here at Light of the East, and I am Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. To hear Light of the East again, visit byzantinecatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Willcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. (laughs) 